Hello, friends. It's Leanne here. Welcome to Europe First. Hello. Thank you for joining me on this beautiful April day. Today, I am pondering, experimenting with giving things up. In some ways, I've been doing this for quite a few months, really dialing down what we buy, how we live, what we do in order to extend the sabbatical time I'm in. In some areas, I'm a natural downsizer. I like to get rid of stuff. And if you want to hear more about that, go back to the episode at Christmas on the art of minimalism. But lately, I've been compelled to want to give up more than just stuff. It's been around what I put in my body. And this is a tender subject because as a child, I had food sensitivities, maybe a few allergies, chronic lung infections. I felt like a bit of a mess. I had a high anxiety also, and I'm sure that didn't help. So there was a lot of diet changes, weird foods, lots of vitamins and supplements and a lot of food elimination. And food elimination to the point that it was some pretty fundamental kids' foods like pizza, ice cream, orange juice, corn, and most anything that actually tasted good to a young kid. My mom was doing her best to heal us from our ailments with some inventive and often extreme measures. In my teens, going through puberty, acne, etc., the stakes went up and there were even long bouts of fasting, low-carb diets, enemas, super fun stuff when you're 14 and 15. I just remember during that time always being hungry, always longing and craving. And then when that longing and craving would be satisfied, I would then feel guilt because I'd partaken of something I shouldn't have. So eating and food and dieting was a really charged experience for me from a very young age. Fast forward to adulthood. Sometime in my early 30s, I just simply decided I was no longer going to diet. And by diet, I mean restrict what I ate. I decided to eat three meals a day, first off. Imagine that. I decided to eat what sounds good, what makes me feel good, and what gives me energy. And then only to eat until I feel full. Then I walk away. And it worked. And since then, I haven't done any traditional dieting apart from like the postpartum baby weight kind of dieting. But even then, nothing as extreme as what I'd done before. And now that I'm much older, this kind of no restriction on what I eat looks more like what can my body tolerate without major backlash. So finding nutrition and real balance has been a process of learning to love myself, even to give my body what it wants, and finding a naturally balanced weight and feeling of well-being. So recently, when I started to feel compelled to give up a few things, I strangely went back to that old apprehension I used to feel as a child all the way through my 20s, going without or depriving myself of something. Telling myself no triggers a rebellion in me. I can't explain it any other way. It makes me feel defiant and like, oh yeah, watch me do it anyway. So as a matter of course, I didn't give a whole lot up, especially not all at once. But recently, I was invited to play with the idea of detoxing from things that were no longer benefiting me. I had already done a, a little of this just by de-stressing over the last year. I found I was naturally drinking less, eating less, craving less, just, just naturally. But this new invitation was about some of the holdouts that were bringing me down, like coffee, sugar, and alcohol. 
oh man, don't we like to believe the narrative that those things are necessary and good for us? We need them. We deserve them. We've earned them. There's even scientific proof that they can be beneficial when used in moderation. It's hard to compete with scientific proof, but I knew for me anymore, they were not beneficial to my health. And I started to get curious about what would happen if I cut them out for a bit, just a bit. I started with coffee and sugar, which were surprisingly easy for about the first week. And then my brain kicked in and threw a fit. I was remembering and maybe mourning all those younger years that I tortured myself. But I told myself, you only have to do this for 12 days. Just try doing without for 12 days. In reality, it wasn't that hard. And I realized what we all know about addictions to things. Even minor addictions to things are rooted more in our brain and emotions than in our actual bodies. Our bodies don't need that stuff. They feel awful when we do it. And we're constantly trying to convince them we're not being abusive. This is just part of the deal of being human. A little poison every morning and every night, you know. The physical aspect was not the problem. My brain and my emotions were absolutely the problem. They were trying to sabotage me at certain points in the process. And why? For me, it has to do with my childhood experiences, that sense that I was left out of the fun, like at birthday parties and sleepovers. It made me feel like an other, an outsider. So doing without triggered in me the feeling of loneliness and separation. And here's the bottom line. Eating stuff that made my body feel bad soothed me emotionally and mentally. Yeah, so no wonder addictions are hard to kick. After a few days, the body goes, yeehaw, and it's having a much better time of things when the physical withdrawal is over. But the mind that's left clear and raw, the emotions left out there with no distraction, no next lily pad on which to leap, no promise of the next hit, the next numbing, the next binge. Coping with that takes some serious presence. Coping with that rawness and emotional exposure takes some grit and patience. And so these last few days, I've been sitting in grit and patience. I've been asking myself a lot more the question, why? Why do I need it? Why do I want it? What just happened that makes me reach for that? The answer has been habit, training, expectations and emotions. Ooh, emotions. If we're not careful, we really let them run the show. We really let them tell us what's up too much of the time. So this practice of going without coffee and sugar has really been less about willpower and more about presence with myself, my feelings, and the pattern in my brain. And the interesting thing is all it takes is a few seconds of pause for the emotion to lose its grip. I think it's Mel Robbins who has the best-selling book, The Five-Second Rule. She puts forth that five seconds is all it takes to spring into action or stop yourself from doing something harmful. Five seconds. And I can say that's mostly true. If I can stop for a few moments, breathe, imagine what that thing I really want will fix, and then consider an alternative like stepping outside or a cup of tea or a small bite of good chocolate... And the key is to do that next step from a place of calm control, not ravenous impulse. Because when we react with impulse, then we are only replacing one addiction with another. 
But really, it comes down to the disruption in the habit and then a plan to move into something else that disrupts the pattern. So I'm now 10 days in to the 12 days. And on Wednesday, we'll see what happens. Perhaps I will down a gallon of strong coffee and a pint of ice cream. But if I know the newer version of me, then most likely I will treat coffee and sugar and even alcohol just like everything else in life with moderation and intention, mindfulness. And when I do, I will savor it because life isn't about deprivation, punishment, guilt, or self-sabotage. It's meant to be enjoyed. And in that way, perhaps it will become a source of joy and decadence rather than a mindless pattern of justification and socially acceptable addiction. So maybe today you might join me in considering what things in our lives need more mindfulness and intention. How can we partake of things with open eyes and healthy habits? Just a little something to ponder today. Thank you for joining me. See you next time. If you enjoyed this episode or if someone you know might enjoy it, please share freely and don't forget to like and subscribe to help our content rise to the top. Until next time, take care and I'll see you on the next episode of You're Up First. Up First.